0: Our halfway point in the year, but I do want to take some time and specifically talk about uh, Hey where we are what's going on and what's uh, kind of next steps for us We have some exciting things that we're that, ha- that are happening with us and on the properties I want to share some of those and hopefully answer some of your questions uh, So again probably will be about an hour tonight We'll meet in here and uh, we'd love for you to come be a part of it again seven o'clock here tonight Talking through all of this as we look forward to the future and what God has for us. All right. Um, Let's dive in this morning. Uh, For us, this was a pretty special uh, weekend. A lot of you know uh, Logan Johnson and Esther Burton. Uh, got married. And so Logan, obviously, if you remember, he was actually been working with our youth for the beginning of the year. Uh, he was on staff with us several years ago, and he's just part of our family, he and Esther. And so it was a beautiful weekend. And the thing I loved about it, it just reminded me again of the importance of, of relationships, the importance of family and spiritual family, and the importance of the call that we have to what, I, what we call fellowship, this idea of these deep, intimate, and personal relationships, right? For us in Randall's a really cool time connecting with some of our friends that, man, honestly, we just don't see all the time. Different places coming together, uh, just hanging out together. We were at Barnsley Guard, which you've never been there. It's awesome, right? Had a great time. And then listening on um, on Friday night, the rehearsal dinner, just listening as literally 30 people gave toasts uh, for a Logan and, and, and for Esther, and it was obviously family, moms and dads and siblings, it was groomsmen, bridesmaids, and just some of their general friends and and listening is they just affirmed and I recognized, man, just the nature of depth of relationship that they had. And I literally looked at looked at somebody that's like, oh, my gosh, this is, I think every single person, every single person should have one day a year where they have like a rehearsal dinner type moment and people who love them just tell them how much they love them and why, right? It was just so powerful listening to the affirmation, just watching as as Esther glowed, as her dad talked about her, maybe in a way that he doesn't normally talk to her, right? Right? And listening to some of Logan's friends made complete fun of him while, like, crying at the same time and loving on him, which is what guys do, right? It was just a powerful, powerful moment. And again, I walked away with just this conviction of, like, that we've been designed as human beings for relationship. We've been designed for what we talked about, this deep and intimate connection with one another, which is the biblical understanding of fellowship. Fellowship. Right, the fellowship. which says in Acts two forty, they devoted themselves to the fellowship, this deep and personal, intimate relationship with one another. But if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we started talking about hearing God's voice, that we we talked about that type of fellowship, where John in First John was, in our second John was, in, and John was inviting. This these believers who were really struggling with their faith. He said, I want to invite you to our fellowship. So he and his buddies and our fellowship is with the father and with Jesus. If you remember, we talked about how deep is that? What was that fellowship? What type of invitation was John actually giving? How deep was their relationship? How intimate was it with the Father? What did it look like? Because there was some type of thing where John was saying, I know you're struggling. I know you're actually struggling with theology because there was a specific theological tension between how human was God and, 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 how, and how divine was God. And They had a hard time reconciling that Jesus was fully human. And so they're having this crisis of faith tension. And John's response was saying, listen, I could talk theology all day long, but really what you need is to simply fellowship with God and fellowship with us. And I think that's really the answer to the struggles that you're having. I love that it wasn't about sitting down and having an apologetics course on the humanity, like the divinity and all this whole stuff of Jesus. Like, no, let me just invite you into relationship with us. And I want you to know our relationship is with Jesus. And so when you're with us, it will be as if you're being with Jesus also. But it wasn't just in a sense of like we historically have fellowship. Remember we said it was current and present and it was future tense. Our fellowship in an ongoing sense is with one another and with Jesus. The nature of being designed for relationship, being designed for deep and personal connection with one another and then with Jesus. Jesus. And the idea of that, that is that you cannot, in my opinion, have deep fellowship, deep connection, and deep personal intimacy with anyone unless there's some level of communication, really personal and intimate communication that's happening between you and your friends, and then you and Jesus. I can't say I have a deep and personal relationship with Michael if we never talk. It doesn't make any sense. It's honestly just illogical. And so what I'm trying to build is this foundation of understanding that that relationship that God calls us to and a unique fellowship with one another and with His Son and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, right? That it is a unique moment of history of entering into relationship. It's a unique understanding of current, present life of relationship. And it's understanding that we will then continue to have intimate relationship with Him, where I'm telling you, communication and hearing God's voice in the context of relationship it's available it's alive and it is well that's the place we want to begin this morning now probably like some of you I grew up and I was and I remember saying this multiple times well if i could just see Jesus and hear his voice like the disciples did in the gospels, then life would be a whole lot easier, right? And I'm sure a lot of you in this room have thought the same thing. Maybe you've said the same thing. You're like, man, if I could just see Jesus, right? If I could just hear his audible voice. And, and it makes, it makes complete logical common sense, doesn't it? It's common sense and it's very logical. It just seemingly is easier because we are people so, uh, in tune with, with our senses of, of sight and of hearing specifically in relationship. So I remember reading then later on in John, the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 16, and Jesus made a statement that when I read it, I had to stop and go, I think he's wrong. He read those, one of those moments with scripture where Jesus says something like he can't really have meant that. But I knew he did, but I had struggled with it, so I had to process it. This is what it says. This is just one verse, and then we're going to come back to other parts of this later. It says in verse 7, chapter 16 of John, you can put it on the screen for me, it says this. Well, actually, maybe I don't have that. I'm looking at the wrong verse. Sorry, I don't have it on there. Sorry. It says this, but very truly I tell you. He says this, very truly I tell you, it is, good for, it's, it is for your good that I'm going away. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the paraclete, the advocate, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In this moment, right, in reading this verse, it's very clear. Jesus would have absolutely disagreed with my statement. In fact, what he would have said was, no, 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 it's actually best that I'm not with you in person. Because when I go, I'm going to send my paraclete, my advocate, my helper. And he's going to be with you in the exact same way that I am. It's going to be a great thing. And I'm like, ah, right? So in that, I have to begin to struggle say, okay, either Jesus is wrong or Jesus is right. How do I land with this? How do I land with this? So our our foundational thought this morning that we're going to begin with is simply this. You were designed for relationship, right? We said it. You were designed for relationship. You were designed for deep and intimate fellowship with Jesus that is current and it's ongoing. The relationship according to Jesus is not hindered. Your ability to communicate, to know him is not hindered by the lack of Jesus' physical presence because the advocate, the paraclete, the helper is here to relate to you. So with that in mind, let's begin by looking at, just kind of go back a couple chapters in John chapter 14. This will be on the screen. Jesus is speaking. He says, oh, there I am. Right there. Man, I look good. (laughs) Did you see that, man? That's like that beard. It's looking on point, right? He says this. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm not sure it's going to come up. It says this. John 14, verses 16 through 18. Jesus is speaking. He says, I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper, Paraclete, another advocate. We're going to come back and look at this word here in a moment, that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. Don't worry. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I, it is interesting to note the heart of Jesus here in John 14. He begins, it's not on the screen, but he begins, and you can leave it up there for a second. He begins in verse 1 by saying, hey guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because in previous chapter, John 13, he's freaked them out a little bit by telling them he's leaving. He's freaked them out saying, hey, even Peter's going to deny me, right? There's this moment like, ah, ah, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And so because he's a loving, kind, good father, he comes in chapter 14, says, don't let your hearts be troubled, guys. Don't worry. And so he tells them why they don't have to be worried. I'm going to send. I'm going to send Another. I'm going to send another in my place for conversation this morning. I want to pull a few words out of the scripture to focus on specifically as it relates to Jesus being with them and then Jesus being with us. The first word is another, and the second word is helper. Another, this word means another of the same kind, as in a replica. So basically Jesus is saying, I'm here, but I'm sending another, a replica of myself, another of the same kind. Ever how you related to me, you can relate to Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus to us. He came to be Jesus to us. He's not just limited to one space like Jesus was. He's in all places. The Holy Spirit will be Jesus' substitute on earth after he left. The Holy Spirit is the perfect replacement for Jesus. Jesus believed the Holy Spirit was another, just like him that we could relate to. The second word is helper. The word paraclete. The Greek, the word "pericle," to be honest with you, does not have an equal in the English language, and honestly, no other equal really in any other language. It's kind of a standalone word. So if you ever read like your you know, English standard version, your newly inspired, whatever it's like the uh, what's it? It's a new what's a NIV standard? Whatever it's called, you know all the versions. All the versions, right? All these they use different words. I almost said nearly inspired version. That's not the NIV, right? <laughs> The New International Version. Thank you, Jesus, for the reminder. Very funny. All right. But there's different words. And it's interesting because when you then put all of these words together of how it's kind of translated, it actually begins to give us a much more holistic understanding of the role of Holy Spirit in your life. Right? He comes in the moment and says the Holy Spirit. There's different different languages, different words. The Holy Spirit is our helper. So someone who comes along in moments of need and helps, right? He is our advocate. Advocate here specifically means like someone in a court of law when I'm in being judged. They come and they stand on my behalf and they defend me, right? The nature of an advocate. They advocate for us, right? It means the word comforter, Comforter, I'm in the middle of a difficult place, and he comes, right, like, a, like the heart of a mother and begins to comfort, right, to invite us in. That's what we talked about on Mother's Day. There's a whole he invites us in to care for us, right, comes to care for us, to, just to come and just to have compassion over us. And the last one is counselor. A counselor is one who speaks wisdom, gives clarity, gives direction. That's what you know a counselor does. So, in this idea, of the Holy Spirit is our helper, our advocate, our comforter, and our counselor. It's the word paraclete another helper, another of the same kind who will be our helper, advocate, comforter, and counselor. It's really important when thinking of the Holy Spirit. We think of it as R.A. Torrey says it. I think it's on the screen. It says this, the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal power slash energy that emanates from God, but instead is a real person just like Jesus, an ever-present loving friend and mighty helper who doesn't just live with us but dwells inside of us powerful, the nature of the paraclete, the nature of creating space for fellowship, intimacy, deep connection, the fellowship, the things that we've been talking about, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit equal to Jesus because he is Jesus. The next set of verses speaks to what happens then in our relationship. John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. It says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it's from me he will receive what he will make known to you. So he listens to Jesus and speaks that. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you." You need to chew on these verses. I would encourage you to go home this week and really chew on what this is saying and what it means for your relationship with Jesus. As Lord of your, as Lord of your life, as friend in your life, as the comforter, the paraclete, the advocate, the helper, the counselor, right? Understanding that in this moment, Jesus comes. as When the paraclete comes, this is what he will do. Verse 13, he will guide us. He will guide us. I'm in the moment. Which direction do I go? I'm struggling with my job, struggling with my child, struggling in my marriage, wrestling. What do I do? He will guide. The only way someone can guide is they speak to you. Give direction. Right? Jesus is not some mime out there going, hmm, 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 trying to direct us. No, He's speaking. 13. He will speak to us what He hears from Jesus. I love that. In communication, they're all one together as Trinity, miraculous thing. And all of a sudden, he just begins to speak because Jesus has thoughts. I don't know if you know this or not. All right? Somewhere along the way, we didn't just like clockmaker us into existence, and then we're all on our own after that. Jesus is highly engaged. He's highly involved. Is there any parent in the world today who is not fully engaged with their child their entire life? Anna Catherine right now is in Europe, and she totally took the wrong train to get onto an airplane. She was supposed to go south yesterday. She went two hours over this direction to the coast and missed her flight, lost her hotel, and Randall was like all of a sudden guiding and directing and being mom because that's what you do. Parents are engaged. They will speak, right? Right. Verse 13 says, he will tell us what is to come. He will tell us what is to come. That's prophetic. The prophetic nature of God knowing things and speaking those into our lives. Verse 14, he glorifies Jesus. He just sits in our lives and makes us realize how great Jesus is, how powerful Jesus is. So when you have your freak out moments in your life, he just glorifies Jesus. No, he's Lord of your life. He just sits in your life and tells you all day long how great Jesus is in your life if you just turn to him. Verse 15, he will make known to us what he receives from Jesus. Thank you, Paraclete, Holy Spirit, for telling us what God is saying. The heart of just every action of God's spirit is about relationally communicating something to us. Listen, if I, if, listen, if I guide you, I'm communicating direction. If I speak to you what Jesus says, I'm communicating truth. If I tell you what's yet to come, I'm prophesying. If I glorify Jesus, I'm communicating the greatness of Jesus. And if I make known to you what Jesus says, I'm just a communicating messenger. It's beautiful and it's powerful. The heart of Jesus is clearly on display as it relates to His leaving of earth. Nothing for human beings who are in relationship with God will be lost. Jesus was right. He was right. Hey, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. In fact, it's better that I go away, I'm gonna send my paraclete, he'll do everything that I've been doing to you. It's going to be great. This in mind, a couple of questions you can throw up on the screen real quick. Questions. Do you believe in the unhindered ability to relate to God like Jesus describes through the Holy Spirit? Do you? Right? Do you believe in the unhindered ability to relate to God like Jesus describes? And if so, Why not pursue him with your greatest energy? Super simple. I'm going to end just by telling my quick story. It could be long. I'll make it short. You're welcome. I was a five-year guy in college. Just really enjoyed the whole experience. At the end of my fourth year, University of Georgia, I had a theology of hearing God's voice. I sat in Mark Nicewander's teaching along the day, and he talked about the paraclete, talked about this, the wind of God's spirit filling our sails and blowing us, right? This is how he comes and does this work, right? I heard him speak, and I'm like, okay, so I theologically believe that God speaks to me. He's in relationship with me, that he loves me, he's for me, not against me, right? That it pleases his heart when I look and glance at him in his way. He wants to be in relationship. He's with me. I believe this. I believe in the paraclete. I believe this, but... I have a hard time hearing God's voice. So that summer, I got to go be the worst youth pastor in the history of the world at a church in Orangeburg, South Carolina. It was a buddy of mine's church. They invited me up. I went up. It was hilarious, and I was so bad at it. I wasn't really, but it was a lot of fun. I tried hard. But I went into the summer, and I said, God, here's my prayer, two things. This was literally what I prayed. God, help me. To love these kids well and be an effective youth pastor. And number two, help me cultivate the ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. So every single morning, I had to be at work at nine-ish, right? I'd wake up every morning at seven o'clock. I'd walk into the bathroom and I'd brush my teeth because it helps me wake up. I came back and I sat on a stool. And I committed every single morning while I was there for that three months. For the very first 15 minutes of every single day, I was just going to sit and be still. I knew God could speak through scripture, and I loved that, and I appreciate it. But I also know he spoke through an internal audible voice that would then never contradict with the word of God. They would just marry together. And that's what I wanted to hear was that internal audible voice of God. And so I sat still 15 minutes Every morning for three months And I would sit down Like this where I was comfortable And I would just simply pray this Jesus I love you And I know that you love me And I know you're speaking to me Help me to hear your voice Amen And I would just sit in stillness fifteen minutes it felt like an eternity. Now my story again I guess spend February, I'll just say this part. One day I'm sitting there, I've been two weeks in. So we've been two weeks, fifteen minutes, every morning of complete nothingness. But I said I get done after the nothingness, and I would just say, Jesus, thank you for your presence. And I'd go over and open my Bible because I knew he would speak, right? it's confident. But two weeks in, this phrase popped, and I, and I wish I could. It's somewhere in a journal that I wrote in 20-something years ago. I don't know where it is. But I remember I heard this phrase come into my head, and it was something I had never said before. I'd never heard anybody say before. It was something new to me. It was something I was like, oh And I literally wrote it down in my journal. And I said, and I said this, Jesus, I don't know if this was you, but I think that it is. If it is, would you confirm this word today in Jesus' name? Amen. Got up, <clears throat> walked over, grabbed my Bible, sat down in my chair, I opened up the first whoo. Opened to first Corinthians chapter ten. And the first words off the page were exactly what I had just heard in my mind. Verbatim and I just put my bible down like oh my gosh, right next morning same thing jesus I'm, not gonna make you don't have, I'm not, you don't have to do it again, but I would love for you to <laughs> Holy spirit, would you come speak? Another voice came another word came in went to my bible nothing there <clears throat> I get in the car Flipping radio stations back before we had spotify apple music gonna... Got to one Stop, just did this, like, uh stop. Voice came on. Christian radio station and verbatim said, What well, i just written down on my piece of paper. Third day. Jesus again, you don't have to, but third day, pray, gee, Holy Spirit, come speak, internal voice. Read my Bible, played with the radio station on the way to work. Nothing happened. Right? I was like, doesn't matter, Jesus, just confirm it if this is from you. Walk into the office, <clears throat> sit down with the pastor. He goes, oh, and he starts talking, talking, talking. He goes, oh, wait, by the way, I was praying this morning. I felt like, God, when you to hear this, and the exact words I'd written in my piece of paper, exactly what he told me. And I sat down, went back to my office, or the closet, I don't remember. And I just stopped and said, Jesus, thank you for answering my prayer. Now, would you take me from sentences to paragraphs and hearing your voice from paragraphs to pages and from pages to books in Jesus' name. Here's the deal. We'll take some time in the next couple of weeks and do some practicals on hearing God's voice, his internal audible voice. But I want you to know this simply begins by you surrendering to the Holy Spirit, inviting him to come speak, knowing he's the paraclete, he's the comforter, he's the counselor, he's the advocate, he's the, he's the one who speaks and guides. Why? Because he's a perfect parent who would be totally against everything you know parents to be if he just said, boom, there you go, figure it out. No, he wants to guide, lead, and direct. Remember we said two weeks ago, the boundary for everything he says is scripture. If anything outside of that, we don't listen. We submit those words to people around us so that they can say, yeah, maybe, right. When we talk about in the prophetic, we'll talk more about it. But I'm inviting you to a place because we're in a season Listen, we're in a season where people don't need you, and they don't need your thoughts, and they don't need your opinions. They need Jesus. They need his word, and they need the things that he has, and you have to have the ability to sit with him to hear with him, and then humbly communicate what you've heard, which will always be compassionate, it will always be loving, it will always be honoring, it will always be inviting. It's imperative that we become people who engage the paraclete and allow him to speak, because if not, then we will not be effective as followers of Jesus who are called to carry the gospel of peace. I simply invite you this week just to go talk to him and ask him to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're not just some weird energy that emanates from nothingness, that you are active. You're a counselor, an advocate. You're communicating present, you're communicating future, you're comforter, you fight for us, Lord. I'm asking Jesus that you just simply open up ears today to hear you. I pray, God, you would demystify the whole thing and recognizing it's just communication with our Father. It's as simple as that. And I pray you would demystify. I pray people who have theology around you not speaking today that's just not true. And you dismantle that just to recognize we're not trying to go create new Bibles and new Scripture. This is not that. It's just in relationship with a God who loves us, who comforts, who guides, and you speak, Lord. Thank you for the boundary of Scripture. It lets us know how you speak. We don't speak out of that. We don't hear things out of that, like outside of its boundary. Thank you for it. And I pray you to open up Scripture this week, Lord, to come alive to us in ways that it never has before. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, We invite ministry teams to come forward this morning.